Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com. Aloha and welcome to another edition of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. We're going to have a lot of thoughts, but we're going to have to bring in, of course, our friend Sean Iman. What's up, Sean? Hey, Wayne, we're, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. That's a good part. And you can hear him in the background as well. Ryan, see you. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. Yep, still here week to week. <laughs> this is Wayne, Wayne Coito. Mahalo for joining us. I know we don't really talk about or introduce ourselves too often, but... Um, you know, myself, uh, founder of HI Sports Fans, Mahal to all those who have supported us. So, so many people come on tours with us. Been in, in business for almost 12 years now, but um, really seeing a lot of growth lately and just appreciative of all those who've come with us to baseball games and from Portland, Nashville, Seattle, all over the globe. You know, we have so many Yeesh. adventures coming, um, like Reno, Reno, Nevada two weeks you have a, you have one last chance check it out hisportsfans.com join me and ryan you'll see some other tours that we have coming up soon um a tour we're going to announce very soon um is a men's volleyball national tournament tour features the dodgers home run seats again on may uh may the third um at dodger stadium and you're going to have bp batting practice balls coming at you and it's super fun and thrilling as some as our clients like to say plus we're going to have in, in seat service food you know that premium experience um angel stadium we're going to have a similar experience it's going to be an afternoon game so if you fly in on a tuesday we're going to do a tuesday thursday saturday national tournament um like we did last year in dc and did the nationals game and did some great places like Ben's Chili Bowl in Washington, D.C., and Ryan was there for that, too. So it's about a foodie and sports experience. HISportsfans.com. Check it out. And a Japanese baseball tour. I just got to get that because I'm so excited as well. So that's going to be coming in next June. Uh, so check it out. Get your name out there, HISportsfans.com. And hopefully... Can I say something, Wayne? Yeah. Can I say something? Catching a ball at a, a major league ballpark is the yeah. best souvenir you can yes. get it's <laughs> it's such an adrenaline rush like i've caught one i got a bruise on my hand but I, it was like the most amazing thing so i mean just getting one just just yeah. one coming to you and it's crazy and, and people are like you're the the ball magnet wayne because on our turn on our tours we always have someone get one in seattle we were behind home plate and so this is not a normal place to get foul balls but a wow. foul ball literally came right to us so um, one of my clients got to go home. She got to go home. Dale, shout out to Dale. She came on our Otani chasing tour um, that went from Angel Stadium to Padres Peco Park to Dodger Stadium. And she came back to Mariners. We went to three game Angels Mariners. And that tour precluded our tour to Portland. So we've been very busy this year. Mm -hmm. But yes, um, this past week, we also had our SoFi mini tour. Shout out to Stacy, Colin, Kylan. Who flew in from Hawaii, from Waipahu, and um, shout out to Central Oahu. And they came in on a special SoFi Hawaii Sports Fans mini tour extravaganza, which I'll tell you what it entails. Say your team is playing the Rams, okay? Because 
at the Rams games, we have our section right on the visiting team's tunnel. So if your team is playing the Rams and, um, you know, <clears throat> certain NFC West teams also always play the Rams literally every year in SoFi Stadium. But say your team is playing the Rams, Hawaii Sports Fans will help you fly there the day before, get you the hotel the day before, the, the morning of, pick you up. And make sure you get, obviously, all the ground transportation to your hotel, to the stadium. We'll go to the stadium. We're going to go to the pink lot. This is the best tailgates in the NFL, probably. I mean, to be honest, one of the because in the Rams Stadium, you can only tailgate in one of six or seven lots. It's only one. Tailgate? So it's very condensed. The, <laughs> the tailgating is all pushed together, and it's loud and just insane and kind of chaotic but orderly and just fun, super fun. Um, so you get to go and participate in that. Then you go to club seats, which are wider and comfier. So far, if you're going to come to a good stadium like that, you want to sit in good seats and you want to have access to like the Google Suite Club um, access lounge, which we've had. And you can just hang in there or you can go to the bathrooms that are a lot cleaner than the ones and with the lines are a lot shorter. And, you know, there's just a different experience. And um, after the game, you can even go home with a souvenir and catch some gloves. And we went home with a Steelers glove. That's this past week with Steelers Rams. And that's so cool. I mean, I, I, I was that's so one happy. of a kind. It's very gratifying to see yeah. that. And, you know, that's something like, even for clients that come, I, I don't want to promise them that, but I'm over there helping that, you know, I'm, I'm like on the prowl too, trying to grab. And that's my section, you know, those are my seats. So I know, you know, I know it really well. And that's fun. That's, that goes back to what I, I always talk about is like my time at the Pro Bowl as a kid. And after the Pro Bowl, um, I would always run to the north end zone outside, wait at the tunnel before they would let us wait at the bottom. So like the players would come out and like before mm-hmm. they go on the bus, we could swarm them. Then right. eventually they wouldn't let us get down there. And then sometimes the ones that didn't want to catch bus or they are parked at the stadium, um, they would go to their car and then you could stop them on the way. Like I Steve Young and then Randy Moss, I was trying to stop him. And, um, but sometimes you got good autographs like Aeneas Williams, who is a hall of famer. I remember, he, I remember him signing his glove and handing it right to me. I still remember that moment. And that that's the kind of things that made me um, really become a fan of the NFL is because of those interactions that I have with players. So that's something that I want to bring an element to the NF, to um, you know the Hawaii sports fans experience as well, because that's important. Uh, you know, sitting where you sit, your viewpoint is always going to be important. But now in this day, in these days of of new stadiums and different types of seating. You have to be, you know, mindful of the experience as well, because, for instance, you could be in certain sections where there's a higher propensity of, you know, fights that could get crazy. That doesn't mm. happen hit hit in the lower sections, or <laughs> definitely not in the club section. It's usually happening <clears throat> in the in places the where, yeah. yeah. So things stuff to think about, you know, and it's important because you're you're going to spend a lot of money just to even sit in some of those those seats that. that um, so you want to, you want to, you want to put insurance on that, that policy, um, uh, uh, insurance policy on those tickets and coming with Hawaii sports fans is the way to do it. Plus you, you don't have to worry about the, the traffic coming in and out. Even our client this past week, she said, wait, is this even worth it? And I was like, Oh man, should I charge more or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you know, you get to just kick back be the VIP of beer. I showed you, I had, you know, stuff. We have that already for you as well. That's already built in food. We had tamales, chicken tamales. Shout out to uh, Boramchos. 
um, who are uh, it, borracho in in um, Spanish means drunk. So borrachos, <laughs> that's their ram fans. And so you can tell what they like to do. So yeah, that was. You're free to become Boramcho as well, as much as you want to, to at the game. And that's that's a part of it. That's the tailgating experience. You know, it's like coming up and, and being wanting to eat food that you couldn't get at home. And especially authentic Mexican food that you can get in L.A. is, is awesome. So, um, you know, but that's just the experience. Come join us, hisportsfans.com. I just wanted to talk about that because um, that's really where the passion is and lies where for me as a fan is also the traveling and we'll talk about um a shout out we'll say that we got and also a grim forecast uh from one of the other local media podcasts and um that'll be something we talk about later in the show is our is the local mainstream media turning against the team or is the is the is the forecast um, a lot more negative than than in years past. So we'll talk about that. But uh, before we get into that, of course, we're going to have to talk about a New Mexico game. I just myself came back from Albuquerque, New Mexico, flew from Honolulu um, to Albuquerque, and then I uh, got to see a lot of my friends. Shout out to Kona Manuel, him and his Ohana, who live in Las Cruces. Uh, shout out to our boy Kaleo, Alexander, and his Ohana. They're in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, shout out to Peter the Guerrero Ohana. They're also out there. These are all these people that I um, I just love seeing every time I'm, I'm in the area. And that's that's truly the power and the, where the passion lies is the relationships. And, and that's what Hawaii is really the best at uh, is our Ohana. And um, RJ Hollis, who we'll talk about later in that segment where he, he called uh, when he gave us a shout out, talked about how the fans and Hawaii, the loyal fans are really something that um, is one of the last remaining positive traits about UH football. And um, that's something that I think the three of us take pride in. And I know a lot of people do it because we are, we're a great fan base and it really starts with who we are as local people. And that's why it's so important for that to be at the root of our program. Um, but before we get into that further, I'll also, you know, being showing our aloha to others, especially in times of crisis, but also when we can help is really important. And Ryan has spearheaded a lot of the, uh, a lot of, charitable donations that have gone out this past season uh, to match cities of the teams that UH football plays. So Ryan will talk about this uh, Albuquerque base. Well, you actually, this was the Albuquerque base. You said you had done it before, right? Yeah. When we, uh, I donated twice to uh, New Mexico because there were, you know, there was one city that was based in, uh, they had an event in Las Cruces, but then they're based in Albuquerque and then okay. there was one that was vice versa. So, um, yeah, but like, so this week, you know, obviously we played New Mexico and uh, our uh, charity of the week is the New Mexico uh, Friends of Foster Children. So just a great organization that's just helping, you know, transition for uh, to help these foster children into their, you know, new homes. And whether it's keeping their community together, helping with support, whether it's therapies, uh, scholarships, uh, any type of you know, they, they decorate, you know, luggage and stuff like that because, and give out luggage. So, you know, when you're moving to somewhere, you know, with new parents, obviously, you know, said, Hey, this is yours. You know what I mean? This isn't some random bag that some, you know, group gave you that's, you know, this is like, Hey, this is something with your name on it kind of thing. So yeah. they do a lot of cool programs like that, which is really nice. And then, um, of course, not forgetting about Maui. Uh, this week I actually donated to the, uh, to the group that's handling stuff for Maui firefighters. 
Um, so it's based off uh, classy.org. It's, it's like a GoFundMe, um, but it's going directly to Maui firefighters to help them out. Obviously, you know, there's a lot that's going on with them. It's still going on. You know, I know that even in uh, Congress, they're still pushing in D.C. that says, hey, don't forget Maui, uh, which is, you know, nice to see. Uh, all the way up in D.C. this week. Just, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, obviously. And, uh, you know, we're still trying to work hard here at home. So. Nice. Nice. Mahalo, mahalo. I know there's a lot of you know worthy causes out there and you do a really good job of identifying um, some that really inspire all of us every week. So mahalo, Ryan, for that. Um, but something that uh, lacks some inspiration might have been the <laughs> final outcome of this past week's game in Albuquerque. Yeah. And so to get it all started off, QNT. It's Sean's report card. Yikes. Okay. Offense, D+. Plus. Defense, F+. Plus. Special teams, C-. Minus. Coaching, D-. Minus. UH Ultimate Warrior, uh, Stephen McBride. Projected win total for the season, I put three games. Uh, the team looks incompetent and frustrated. Changes to the staff necessary. Was this the worst loss in the Timmy Chang era? I throw that to you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming in, there's a game that it wasn't by much, but we were favored. Um, yes. Yeah, we've had our struggles, and the struggles have been talked about. Granted, we did have a... First quarter touchdown. Um, but yeah, I, I it's got to be up there. Uh, you know, we've, you know, Wayne and I, we, we've been, you, you were there in Oregon with us. You know, yeah. Wayne and I were there in Michigan last year. Those yeah. are expected losses. Yes. Uh, how you perform in a game, how you game plan for that. Uh, I, I just think that this week we just looked very ill prepared and. Yeah. You know, it, it was that weird, like, lazy afternoon game. And I guess, you know, there's some stuff about just trying to show up. And, and it just, like you were talking earlier before, it's almost like we were just kind of there to be there at times. Uh, and, you know, I'm never going to say that our team has no emotion or no effort or anything like that, um, because we know they do. You know, these are players, these are coaches, that's what they're there for. Uh, but, yeah, just it, some things felt a little not as focused, we'll say. Yeah. And we understand that nobody wants to win more than them. They put there, you know, that's, mm -hmm. they put in the work that this is their life. Mm -hmm. We're just watching it and it's hard for us to watch. Mm -hmm. But somebody that, you know, puts a lot into it um, is of course a guy that is going to take a, a brunt of criticism just by way of his position. That's of course quarterback and the guy that's taking basically the majority of snaps this year. And the one guy um, is Braden Shager this past week, 33 of 52 for 345 yards. So, you know, not a bad stat line. Of course, three so interceptions. Um, you know, but something I did want to talk about, though, and I and it's not to, to deflect away from his performance, but after the game and you and at Albuquerque, I got to talk to him, talk to his mom. His mom, oh. I talked to her over the phone during the pandemic because she wanted some help on how to rally support for the parents to be able to watch the games. And I wish they, they should have been able to, there's no, yeah. still, there's no reason why parents were shut out of the games in 2020. It makes no sense. And honestly, I think the UH leadership should have done 
way more for them. I mean, David Ige is not wasting his time thinking about UH football parents, but, mm-hmm. um, and I tried to explain that to her, but she thanked me. And then I, you know, I took a photo with, with, um, Shager and Braden and the Shager Ohana. And then, uh, as we walked away, I turned around and as I turned, he, I, he just started like choking up and then he started crying into his hands. And I kind of felt bad at that moment. Like, um, you know, it's like a kid that cries after his game. If I, and it's not, I'm, it's definitely not making fun of him at all. It's just, there's so much, I like emotion. That. you know, yeah, yeah, I feel bad. And like, he, he's like going to take a lot of the blame and, you know, Timmy ripped into them after the game. This is the longest it's taken for them to get out of the, the locker room. And of course if I I've had, believe me, I've had a lot. I've been a part of losing teams in college. And my coach was one of those guys that loved to rip into his players when, you know, when we, when we didn't do well and, I know exactly what that feels like, but um, I know for Chager, he even bears more of the responsibility as quarterback. But I guess looking back at this game and looking at the season so far, um, I mean, is he improving? I mean, is, is a fair question to ask. I mean, what would you say to that, Sean? Well, I mean, what do you do with this team? It's It's been established that, we can't start fast. We can't run the ball. And we can't tackle very good. So, I mean, Shager, Shager is Shager. And he he puts up decent stats. But a lot of those yards come late. And so, it's just, I, I wish we could get into the game faster. But it's come to the point where it's like, I'm I'm like giving up. Like, I'm just expecting them this Saturday, I don't expect them to start fast at all. And I'm, I'm done wishing for it. I'm just going to expect that they start slow because I mean, this it's going to be the ninth game of the season. And Timmy just seems to, they talk about doing the right things in practice and we are addressing this and we talk about this, but every week it's the same crap. So I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just kind of throwing up my shoulders and saying, ah, eh, it's what they are. Ryan? Uh, well, you know, I really think watching the season as it progresses, I don't think we're putting Shager and the offense in the best position to succeed, especially mm-hmm. early on. I know that, you know, Timmy talks about scripting the first drive or the first five or six plays or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we haven't even gotten past play four for most of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're trying to start and get in a rhythm, you know, you're all hyped up from pregame, you know, whether you're at home or on the road you got to get into positions where it's like, okay, you know, Shager's got to get a couple throws out. You've got to get some semblance of a run game established. And, you know, a lot of it was just like, hey, we try to run up the middle. We get a yard or two incomplete on second and third. We're at third and long, and we try to take some shot at 15, 20 yards. So, you know, I just think that with our offense, you've got to put these guys in a position to succeed. And, you know, we have great receivers. Um, I actually thought our running back core was pretty solid, Um, you know, Unfortunately, we lost Jordan Johnson this week to the transfer portal, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's it's the small stuff of like, hey, use your slot receivers, get a couple short throws in, you know, don't force them to make this, you know, out throw that's 10 yards deep because that's a long throw for a quarterback, no matter who you are and and put them in all these you know positions to to fail. You know, I, I just see so many times where it's third and long. We're trying to take this deep shot 40, you know, 50 yards downfield. And I think, you know, Shager has, he's shown that he can throw the deep ball, but it's just the timing of, hey, how are we picking these plays? all he wants to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I get it. Like, 
you know, a lot of the times when he's doing this, we're down, right? So you're trying to get these big chunk plays, but there's got to be some kind of rhythm. And, you know, we keep talking about, you know, they talked about simplifying with Dan Morrison a couple weeks ago. I still haven't really seen it. You know, our receivers don't need to be making second, third, you know, level reads at this point. Just simplify it. You know, we've, we've got people open. I think our O-line's been a little bit better at, at you know, limiting sacks. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I really want to lean more towards that. the coaches on this. We've seen that where they get the right play call in on the first drive and Shager just flat out misses the wide receiver. So I, I would just start somebody <laughs> else. I would – like, honestly, if Shager's going to come in cold – have him sit and just start one of the other guys mm-hmm. just for just to see what we have because this is the pattern just to break it up and to try something different. I mean, I mean do you want to see? Are we talking like Major League Baseball here where teams will just kind of throw in that first inning, you know, starter, then they bring in their, you know, how people have been doing that? Yeah, they but in, in baseball, in baseball, you can you can't take the guy back out, but in football, you can right. you can bring guys yeah. back in and out, and that's the power of football that you can't do in soccer. You can't do in right. volleyball much. Well, you can in volleyball, but you can't do it as much. You, there's a limit. But in football, you can you can swing that door revolving mm-hmm. literally every play, every little, every other play you could bring in a new quarterback. And the thing is, like, I don't think it's – I think it's fair to call for everybody to call for Coach Chang to try someone else because, for one thing, they're there. Both Yellen and Farrell were on the mm-hmm. sideline as well at, in New Mexico, and there are there are roster limitations. So if Coach Chang is saying, I need to take both of these guys with me to Albuquerque, New Mexico for a conference road trip, then there's, there should be like a higher than infinitesimal chance that they're going to play. Um, and I just don't know what his, is it injury? Like what is his threshold for putting these guys in? It is questionable. Uh, with that being said, I think one of the hardest things to swallow for me this past game was that we were never in it. Like New Mexico controlled Absolutely. the game from the beginning. Mm-hmm. We went three and out and then they scored. A touchdown and they did so mixing it up on the ground and with the pass and we couldn't do either one of those um as well as they did they both did both so effectively they only had a few more yards i think total offense than we did but we had because we over had over no they had like a hundred more yards than us oh really that many more yeah but i think they had 400 and something because we had over 400 as well um, but I think, like you said, the stats don't tell the story. I mean, 42-21 in the game, it felt more like 42-0, really. I mean, that's they, We made them look like Alabama or Texas. Oh, like, we definitely made they, them look like a Power 5 team, yeah, for sure. And I think that's what's so disappointing is they had lost, what, like 17 or 20 consecutive conference games. And, like, yeah, like you said, Brian, we were favored in this game. So to just go over there and just put, like, such a lackluster effort the defense didn't even look like they wanted to be there. It, they looked incompetent and just, it was pathetic. So that was the most frustrating thing to me is they, they just mailed it in. So I, I don't know what happened or it's just, it's, it's unacceptable to me. I, and I, I complain, you know, I complain on social media and I got the whole, Oh, you know, just shut up and support the program or, you need to donate a thousand dollars or else, you know, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, which I mean, if, if you're, if you're still hanging in there, if you're any kind of fan, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, like Mahalo, you know, cause it's, it's rough. And it, this, these are the hardcore fans that are left. 
And we're, we're, we're noticing it, you know, not only in the stands, we're noticing the amount of streaming, we're noticing the amount of people yeah. we're getting on the road now. And I think it's, you know, because of who we are as local people and because of the fact that we have a, a thriving network of transplants and expats all over the country, we're always going to see people on the road who will come together in any case for whatever it means because they want us to be there with other Hawaiians. And a lot of that has to do with the tailgates. Of course, so we're not going to beat that one, but obviously those things are what brings people out. So that's that's why the wins and losses don't cannot be paramount. Even in even in the best years, we we have to be you have to hang your hat on traditions and you have to hang your hat on um the consistency of what I mean, Nebraska is like number 82 or something in the national polls like I, I think I saw right. it. it's like how they can continue to sell out their home stadium is pretty amazing. Whether they're located in Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln, or wherever, yeah. you know, it, I feel like that's still impressive for people to to continue to that tradition. But obviously, they have a lot of older fans, Kupuna, like we do, and there are a lot around the country that, and and that is the trend. But there's not a lot to do in Lincoln. <laughs> For sure, but they're literally getting about eleven times as many people as we are, and I think we have this more more people in Oahu than they do in Lincoln. Um, but I think you know when you talked about uh, the performance of our team and it being New Mexico and unprecedented because New Mexico entered uh, the game as losers of twenty straight Mountain West home games, twenty straight. So you usually play about they're the four, bottom five, feeder. You play four home yes. games. You play yeah. four, you play four conference home games a year. So that mm-hmm. means they hadn't won at home in five years. That means yeah. the last time we won there, they had already were on this losing streak when we won yeah. in 2019. Um, they said that 2017 or something. Yeah, yeah. So literally, it's been since 2017, um, mm-hmm. and 14 conference games overall. But this is something I'm reading from KHN. I'm bringing that up. KHN, one of the mainstream, um, you know, media in Hawaii, local media, um, like we said, sometimes, well, not sometimes, always, if you especially are a accredited member of uh, the University of Hawaii Athletic Department, you are basically not told, but the understanding is that you are very soft on any kind of criticism, if you are allowed any form of criticism. Um, and that's just the way it is. I mean, people know that. That's not a secret in Hawaii. Um, whereas if you went to New York or Boston or LA or any other major city, even not even Phoenix, Philadelphia, Dallas, Oh, Philly, <laughs> any, any city criticism of your team is normal and that's healthy. That's what fans do. Fans are not there just to rah, rah. And I mean, to be honest, we do both at the highest level. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more rah, rah I can do, but go to literally every game in the last eight years. But <laughs> at the same time, um, you don't hear that as much. So it is kind of surprising now that mainstream media or voices within uh, the University of Hawaii media community are starting to kind of turn a little bit grim. But in that KHON, I remember this this one, this one, article came out right after the game because I remember seeing it on oh, the Facebook page. But it's yeah. the breaking in one of its poorest all-around performances as mm-hmm. a program in contemporary history. I was yeah. like, wow, what a, what a, <laughs> what a, you know, a leading statement um, to, to, to bring in. And I so think it's real though. It is real, but it felt like, wow, ouch. Like, wow, yeah. the, the way they said it. And I think it's, it's not a surprise because I feel like now we're starting to hear it more. And 
I think for sure we can say that the honeymoon is probably over for it's Coach over. Shang at this point. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to happen to all coaches, even the most successful ones. Eventually, people are going to find places that they can criticize them. But I would say, um, and before we get even into the rest of that that media thing, because we're going to talk about, like we said, RJ Hollis and Rich Miano, what they had to say on their uh their podcast as well about even the existence of the program. Um, but before we talk about that, we should also talk a little bit about San Jose. It's going to be homecoming just like it was for New Mexico. It was their homecoming. And uh, so this time we're going to have our homecoming and we're playing San Jose state. Obviously we don't have to, everybody knows Shevin is their quarterback. Um, right now though, their record is not super stellar. They've won the last two games. But they have won the last two games because, yeah. like we said, they started off playing a lot of good teams. And they are expected to do pretty well this year. I mean, had with their schedule, actually, I mean, had they made, you know, even an undefeated run, they'd probably have a good chance of making it pretty far in the, in the um, you know, the, a group of five slot for a, a December, uh, yeah, New Year's Bowl, which is pretty cool. Um, but instead, they kind of dropped a lot of those games. And now they're starting to play teams that are more on their level and, and, and showing up for them, um, not uh, in a way that's more what we expected for them from the beginning of the year. But with that being said, of course, they have the Dick Tomey Legacy Trophy. We have to remember that. Um, Coach Tomey, awesome guy, obviously, one of the greatest uh, legend in, in Hawaii. But um, oh, Just a reminder that our trophy cabinet is empty right now. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> that, yeah, UNLV, we had that trophy with right. them and we lost it. Uh, we don't have the Wyoming mm-hmm. trophy anymore. We don't have the Air Force, the Dirt Cutter. We had. Wow, <laughs> that's true. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Shevin comes into this game. He started 23 career games from UH in 2018 and 2021. He's the only quarterback in program history to pass for 6,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards in a career even though he only did that in, you know, last time, three years. Um, He's a ninth-year senior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now uh, Hawaii is still – well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could. It feels like it that way. Yeah. So Hawaii is 13th nationally in passing offense, but last 130 of 30 in rushing – or of passing offense, but 130 in rushing. I mean, I against, you know, these teams, we know that we need to start – rushing the ball more effectively but i mean how do we beat this team ryan do you see uh right now we want to go back into our predictions i believe all three of us had this as a defeat yeah i'm i have my first loss of the year with uh (laughs) the new mexico i thought that would be a win so what a run blemish but yeah a pretty good run Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, in more ways than one yeah Yeah, we just got to find ways to run the ball. And I don't know if it means starting Dalen Morris and just having him run a whole drive, which we know that, you know, Timmy's not going to swap out a quarterback at all, it seems, this year. Um, You know, I mean, if I'm a team coming in, I'm dropping eight or nine at this point. I mean, if if Hoy can't even run, you know, why defend this? You know, if your front four or five or, you know, maybe a a linebacker can cover the run, then stop the pass. Uh, You know, I... But, you know, we talked about this, whether it's finding something with an option, triple option, you know, this, the RPO doesn't work if you don't, if your quarterback doesn't run. I mean, I think Shaker's pulled it. I can count it on one hand, probably three or four times the entire mm-hmm. season. Uh, but yeah, you got to find something like that. And you got to, we have to play the season. Like you got to slow the game down. Like we're playing in Oregon or Michigan right now. 
I think you've got to have ball control and you just have to really, really have these long drives at all because, yeah, we're just struggling hardcore to establish anything right now. And then next thing you know, we're, we're down two or three scores and we're just trying to bomb it downfield. Uh, I don't see how we can win. I think we're just going to get our going to get whooped. So. Well, last year, I think uh, they they kind of controlled most of that game. But a lot of that uh, last year was – well, the San Jose we, did. We hung in there for a little bit, didn't we? I mean, we, we, we kept did. the yeah, close. We, but I don't know about yeah. – I'm talking about controlling the game. So mm, yeah. I don't know about if um, – I hope that, you know, we can keep it close. Like I said, last year. I don't mm-hmm. know about controlling the game, but if we keep it close, we definitely give ourselves yeah. – a fighting win, a fighting chance at winning. Uh, but this definitely is an important game, I think, for Coach Chang. He's trying to feel more of the pressure. Um, and I think it's starting to show as well. And a lot of it really isn't his fault because we said when he came in, the, the car, the, the cupboard was was bare. Yeah. Um, he doesn't probably didn't know what he was getting himself into. I don't think he understood why, where we were as a program. Um, without the stadium, without a lot of you know, losing so much talent that had transferred out under Graham. I mean, this was a tough job for anybody, but um, specifically, I think when it comes to coaches, coach Chang's on field decisions, uh, it might be fair or not. Is it to question whether he is suited or whether he's learning? Cause this is clearly on the job learning, which we mm-hmm. knew was going to happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, are we at a place because I think it's fair as well to say that because the cupboard was so empty, it's going to take a little bit longer to fill it back up and he'll need some of that time as well. And I don't know if it's just on principle, shall we say he deserves to, you know, stick around, let's say even for this year, even if they lose the rest of the games this season, say, which is a very, very, very possible thing to happen. Um, very, especially after Nevada beat San Diego state. Mm-hmm. And we realized that they're not going to be a pushover, especially at home in a cold game, which will probably be in yeah. the mm-hmm. East for that game as well. So Bring your jackets. it's true. And we'll be, so come join us at Reno, hisportsfans.com. Join us, um, eat some macaroons with me after the game, hopefully not wallowing in defeat. Um, but also, you know, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel because it just, means the very existence of our program as well. And that's something I wanted to bring up because uh, Hawaii football final hosted by Rob DeMello and uh, he's joined by RJ Hollis, former player uh, under coach Chow. I don't know. Did RJ ever make it to Rolos? I don't know if he made it to Rolos. I know he was under Chow, um, but RJ Hollis joins and RJ Hollis has been on our show before. Um, a few times I brought him on during, uh, in June of 2020, I hosted a show called let us listen to black voices, which mm-hmm. was former, um, players, um, black players talking about uh, the George Floyd movement and black lives matter and their experience being in Hawaii. So we've had, you know, some pretty deep conversations with RJ before, and that's why, um, I'm not surprised that he, he dropped my name and, and Shane's name in particular, but, also him and, and, and um, of course, cause you know, I'm not surprised, but uh, no, I think it's cool because they do recognize all, you know, all of us as fans and what we do and what we bring, but Super also fans. 
the super fans, yes, a super fans. Yeah. But also, it's important to realize that, um, and I don't, I'm not one to be like we're we are a backbone of this team. But RJ brought that up as well, saying, well, you know, in a lot of ways, these guys are the something an asset to the team that we can hang our hat on and thank you rj because i feel like a lot of people don't see that especially to those of us who and we do put it this way we still spend a lot of money thousands of dollars on the team every year <laughs> but we're still told that we don't donate enough mm-hmm. money to the team um which is okay funny but um you know we still are a major asset we still are uh, ambassadors we still are a major source of not just you know pride and 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 you know energy for the team during the game but we also represent the team we we were out there just as much as they are just as visible in a lot of ways so thank you to rj for that but coach chang recognized that right off the bat too like he was he was in on our group and you know he kind of he can you can tell you know we're not spring chickens and we've been around the block we've We've For seen, sure. we've seen a lot of things, so. and that's important. And that's something that um, RJ is saying. Like we need to, you know, be worried because if well, let RJ say it, and um, I'll let you hear first what Rich says because RJ is echoing first what Rich Miano is saying about because he sounds really frustrated about you know the direction of where the program, the program is going in general. Until we lose that program and then we can't fund the Wahine programs as much as we help now and have a great athletic program for our children, all because of poor leadership or people that are complicit or just don't know or don't care. RJ Hollis, your thoughts on this? And, and I th- So before we get to what RJ had to say, what Rich is saying is our leadership that are complicit and we've mm-hmm. talked about this all the time. They're using words that we talked about. So mm-hmm. it's funny saying uh, how people could say that we, because we are, I don't think we're ever we're negative. Just, we're the haters. We're, you know, sometimes <laughs> we can be haters. It's funny how yeah. we can be at every game, but we can still be haters. Okay. Um, but what, and I know it's frustrating for Rich because he played for the team. He coached for the team and he, he should have been a green. candidate for the, yeah. for the coach as well. And yet he kind of has been, Blackballed. Blackballed in a little bit. But what he's saying is this team might go away. And that's something that nobody was really saying three years ago. Only we were saying that on our shows three years ago. And now people are saying it. And um, mainstream media. Yeah, mainstream. I think RJ, I thank him for what he's saying because he's recognized that. Can hang his hat on. But that being said, with what Rich is saying, I agree wholeheartedly. And more than that, we will start to lose that last thing we could hang our hat on, which is having a loyal fan base, having fans that, you know, the road warriors that love to go to games, the Lao Lao heads and the Wayne Coitos and the, and the Kavay Keys of the world that are just true blue University of Hawaii football fans. I think if we continue performances like this, you will push the loyalty of these fans to the absolute brim, and you will start losing foundational super fans, which every college football team needs fans like that, you know, to keep the fanatics coming and to help guide some of the fair weather fans when they show up. But 
with the way things are going with the stadium, with the leadership, with Timmy Chang, with the losses, with Aloha Stadium not being demolished yet to know who's going to build it up or what it's going to look like. I think it's just adding all these problems, having all of these statistical problems being ranked so bad and everything. I think if it continues like this, then you might start to see some fans that have been around for decades uh, giving up their Saturdays to to go into the beach now instead of coming to T.C. Ching to watch a game. I, I'd like to add telling people to sit down when there's no reason to. <laughs> add that to the list. Yeah, so. there's a lot of things. But that's the thing we talk about all the time is like casual fans – are important to have because they're kind of the periphery fans that will help. That's where the money's made. Push. I mean, yeah, yeah, those exactly. They're the, like, those are the profits. Those are the ones it's the that gravy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we don't have any of that. And we yeah. haven't for a while. And when, when you're losing core, yeah. when you're losing the core, that's when you're when scraping bone. That's not, that's when it's not a good thing. And especially when your core is made up of people that aren't as rich as everyone else. And you then belittle them if they don't donate enough to the program, if they don't do enough themselves. I mean, you're going to have a few sponsors and that's it. And those sponsors, I mean, let's, let's face it. Corporate sponsors is not real fans unless those corporate sponsors can get those tickets to the hands of real fans. As we know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> somebody can has benefit of, of some tickets oh. uh, from a certain job, mm-hmm. but at the same time, not a lot of those spots go empty because you know it's just a write-off for the company and it's just a perception it's a it's a thing to look like you're a supporter and that's better than being at the games it's just the knowledge that you are a supporter and you know that's just how capitalism and the world works and tax write-offs and everything tax write-off um but i think that uh it is feeling more grim now than it has before. And we saw Dave Reardon, you know, is, he's always kind of been a little bit more on the grim side if he needed to be. But Stephen Sai, we, we brought this up mm-hmm. previous um, shows as well. So I guess the question is now is like, what is the, you know, what is going to be, I feel like, because we are looking at a possible possibility of losing every game in the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. But we can also say that we've done that in the past because we have. We have we have mm-hmm. won less than two games well, in the past as well. I think Timmy's on the same trajectory as Norm Chow through the what like he's five and twenty or twenty-one through the same amount of games to uh, to open his career. The only difference is I think Norm just lost out at that point and then he was gone. So I mean Timmy's looking more in the vein of Norm Chow than he is rollo or june and that's just that's just a fact yeah i mean norm went what three and nine in 2012 they went one and 11 and 13 mm-hmm. uh yeah four and nine 14 and two and seven and 15 after they uh yeah when he got fired but i yeah i just you know we talk about like you know recruiting and you know timmy needs more time and you know one of these things that uh, in our warrior nation group, someone's commenting about, Hey, Timmy, you know, we need five to seven years. And, you know, my response is like, we don't no, have that. No, we might not have a program in the next one to three years, you know, and, and we've been over this too, about the mountain West and the the pack two or whatever you want to call it. Now we have no idea where we're going to be. Um, I saw earlier today that Hawaii scheduled a home and home with UMass for 26 and 27. 
But I look at that, you know, three, four years down the road, I'm like, okay, so we have a couple of non-conferences, but, you know, we have no idea where we're going to be. And, None. you know, you talk about recruiting and trying to get better. We, I mean, your team, say your team goes two and 11, we lose out the season, right? There's no stadium. You're losing fan. I mean, what, what's your sell here? We have yeah. very little NLI, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do give credit because we do have like some local restaurants with this whole brotherhood right. sisterhood grinds right. because you know that they don't have thousands of dollars to, you know, to, to dole out to these players, but they're trying to help out with their ways. You know, we know those industries are a very super small margin. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at things, I mean, Hawaiian airlines isn't one of the biggest airlines out there too. You know, airlines really are just banks of reward points, you know, that, that, mm-hmm fly people on the side right you know that's just how the industry is these days so like you know our marketing and and it's everything right there's no one quick fix all even if you gave hawaii a billion dollars tomorrow that's still not a quick fix all you know that might cover half our stadium (laughs) well i think i would have been more tolerant of this loss had it occurred last year or even at the beginning of the season if we had rolled you know had this happen at the beginning against uh, Vanderbilt or Stanford, but to have it happen against at this point of the season against that team, it's just like, like, what are we doing? It, you just see regression. You don't see the foundation mm-hmm. being built or laid. You just see the same mistakes. And even in this game, it being compounded. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I feel like the product is it's borderline unwatchable at this point. I, I had a hard time getting through that game. I try flying there 10 oh, hours gosh. from Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, bro. <laughs> Man. You know, I think for me, and like I said, what, what RJ is saying is our loyal fan base is more than just a fan base. Um, and that's because of who we are as local people. And that's what's lost. And Timmy Chang is one of those people. He's a local person. That's why, you know, his 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 hire was accepted by so many people because let's face it, it was a political football that was being tossed around at this, you know, that when this hire hiring happened because Todd Graham was basically forced to quit. I mean, he was the one that took the fall for everybody. It was all of them that, that appeared before the Senate and by being the AD, Dave Mallon, the president, David Lastner, the, the board of Regents chair. So they all had to appear, but it was only Todd Graham that was, fired or resigned Mm -hmm. so even then not only did they not have to suffer any repercussions for Mm -hmm. the hire in the first place they were able to hire the next guy themselves and of course they ran that's just mind-blowing to (laughs) a guy that was palatable to the people Mm -hmm. and of course it's going to be a local person if we want to appease local people okay we'll give them a local person but we're stuck now of course we have to give them a local person but it was also came at the expense of a guy like June Jones, a guy that does not comes with baggage. Of course, that's not even, that's not even go there. But the fact is that baggage pales into comparison to the baggage that UH is carrying around really right now, which is it's literally existence being on the brink and it needs a lot of buy-in. Like you said, a billion dollars wouldn't go that far, but I'm like maybe 10 million with the buy-in of, local people to support and be the gravy after 10,000 yeah. fill up, even just filling 15,000 would go a lot further. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we seem so far from that. Um, 
And that's why UH... There's, there's going to be lots of free tickets available, <laughs> I, I think, after this week. You know, it's just it's not even worth people's time. Yeah. But that's kind of an every week. That's been an every week thing. And I think that's why we're saying is like, what's the future look like if people aren't coming to the games anymore? Um, and for me, uh, like RJ saying, like um, people like me or Shane or Kavei, yeah, shout out to our boy Kavei Key. Um, you know, like I, I, we are not, we are affected, all three of us. I don't talk to Kavei as much. Mm-hmm. And Kave isn't from Hawaii or anything, not to lessen the, you know, what kind of fan he is, but he is his fanhood is based solely on, you know, his experience of watching UH football and being a part of it. There well, don't um, seem to be as much rap songs coming out. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. He well, usually, but that's that's the thing is that like I'm a hardcore fan and, and that loss had me just shook, shook to the point where I'm questioning, you know, like I'm I'm getting sick and tired of watching bad football. Yeah. repetitive bad football and like thinking like uh, how much longer do I want to do this? So, so I, and you know, if that's me as you know, I'm not just like a casual fan. So, so it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, we hear you and we're with you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, well, and, and you know there are certain things like you know we we've gone back about my whole sitting down issue with that game you know a few weeks ago and you know it even got me to thinking it's like okay you know like you guys I, I mean do I even renew my season tickets next year uh you know you're talking to someone who's you know literally born and raised in the UH and and grew up watching everything and you know it's it is frustrating um yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to, like RJ said, I'm not going to be going to the beach every Saturday. You know, I'd still be interested, yeah. but, you know, we are, we're losing a lot of fans. And I think that, you know, there, there's a lot involved with. I mean, you, know, you did go to the beach and, last Saturday or the one before, right? With the Honu. That was a different reason, but you, <laughs> ironically, you would go be at the beach. At a game <laughs> that. But you're putting in work. <laughs> that was a, that was a volunteer thing with yeah. a, a couple, you know, government agencies. We'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, you know, from a UH marketing standpoint, you know, I look at stuff like today, right? So we're, you know, this is Wednesday, we got our homecoming game on Saturday, and then they just announced, okay, it's where retro, which, you know, we all kind of assumed, but also being near Halloween, you've got a choice, right? It's either going to be like, we're costume or we're retro, you know, being four days before a game is slow. They should have announced this at the beginning of the season. You know, we know when senior night's going to be, we know when military night's going to be against Air Force. You know, all these things like that, you know, we've talked about for years, or at least I have. It's like, hey, sell tickets on the top half of every section in the end zones or whatever it is for five, ten dollars. You know, there are there are people that I've talked to in the past. Uh, you know, my buddy Tony at Pro Camera Hawaii. I got a couple of guys, uh, my buddy John at, that works at St. Louis. They're great fans and they love to go. You know, of course, work and school again, you know, in the way. But it's like just sell tickets at five, ten bucks if you need to. If you're really trying to fill these stands. There are these people out there and, you know, we know with, with corporate, you know, donations that, Hey, these are write-offs that they're going to buy these blocks of 10, 20 tickets or suites or whatnot. But I just feel like there's, you know, find a way to get more people in the stands and, and, you know, cause I, you still have some of those left. And I think that's really, if you're going to try to save some of it, you know, I think if we want to get, season. well, I'll put it this way. We want to get more people in the stands. We take away some seats, 
by putting in the bucket seats again, taking the seats out of the stadium. We're never not going to do yellows or the reds anymore. If we ever go back, you can take the oranges. There's a, there's a whole array of seats you could use from the stadium. They're just going to get tossed away and put the best ones you can find. Even spray paint all the ones, the same color, Green. They'd be in the mm-hmm. same color, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can paint them and then put them, install them. Because it's a very thing. people, a lot of people, first of all, we want to talk about the few people. I, I mean, to get, I would say the next thousand back, that would be mm-hmm. easily the next step is just to make more comfortable seating, period. Just the comfort. Because yeah. even those flowed up seats, those people, those are not comfortable. I mean, sitting in them are not uncomfortable, but uh, they put, they already restrict the, or they even restrict more uh, the amount of passage that the people have behind you in mm-hmm. terms of like walking. So mm-hmm. i rather just go, take away just take away seats and be able to go back because we don't need fifteen thousand. we already don't need it i mean we could go down to twelve thousand, and we just had more Mm -hmm. comfortable seats like what's the point we already know the fifteen thousand limit is not a thing anymore it doesn't exist the fifteen thousand average over a span to keep to maintain division one fps status requirement by the ncaa is not a thing anymore it it hasn't been a thing because they haven't really even tried to um uh, uh enforce it enforce it yes yeah. exactly. thank you they haven't tried to enforce it but they also um are finally going to just do away with it so it's not even on record so with that being said the in-game experience and and this is across the board for every sport you're going to have to find ways to improve that experience even if it's less people and you, you could probably charge more i mean if the experience if you've increased well, it you know, if you made it better, you could charge more and make some of the money back right away off the bat. I mean, I, I think at UH, when I talked about experience right earlier in, in the show, when I talked about Hawaii sports fans and where we sit and where we choose to and all of that, us being very cognizant of what could happen if you sit there with other fans mm-hmm. or what the, the view looks like. TC Ching is going to give you a good view. I mean, for view-wise, every seat is going to be a good view for sure. Every seat is close. Yeah, every seat is a, <laughs> every seat is a good view. <laughs> the thing is, not every seat is comfortable though. So yeah. how do, I I I would rather improve the comfort and take away the amount of seats that we have, and then just start to build that way, and then we can slowly build up because we can make a deck. In my opinion, we could make a balcony kind of deck above the visiting team t- tunnel, like put it on stilts. Because like for Boise, for instance, Boise just has like a bunch of columns around their older stadium and the columns have like the suites and on top of them. So it's like columns pushed up against the old stadium. So it looks like one continuous stadium, but really the columns go all the way to the top. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's their addition. Mm -hmm. As Boise made money, they, they added onto their stadium, but that's kind of what UH has to do. You're just piecing it together. And to be honest, I would rather start with a little stadium itself. Like I wouldn't not be putting money. And if, I would rather have a, a long-term plan for the current Aloha Stadium that's supposed to be torn down. I'd rather fix even the bottom, just the orange, and mm-hmm. run with that, rip which the, is already way off. more than 15,000. The orange is already more yeah. than 15,000, so we don't need to mm-hmm. even worry about the top. And then maybe one day, if you know we need more, they can expand on the current. Yeah, fill in the sides. Mm-hmm. The so there's a lot they can do right yeah. now at Aloha Stadium with the current mm-hmm. format. 
Um, so I've, I, and, well, what and about, yes, that like, is a failure of legislature about, and that is a failure of senators and that is a failure. So yes, it does extend all the way to the top as well. Even governor giving, like just giving 10 hotels in Waikiki 20 tickets and then have the concierge just give them to, you know, hotel guests that or are just have there. them buy like they're yeah, not, talk why, to them. I wouldn't give it to them. They're not coming back. Sean, why would we give no. it to them? Those guys aren't coming back. Well, you don't give you give it to people who are gonna who are gonna give to your program back. I'd rather give to kids right now if I'm gonna give to yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. Kids who are gonna grow up on the island, make them pay. No, the point is mm-hmm. you're we need them to pay, Sean. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. We did them in the if the if UA did a better job, you would get those people in the hotel and the stadium paying, paying for tickets, mm-hmm. paying for stuff. You're like one of the people thinking we're gonna bring, I mean, yeah, at least. I mean, that's actually a worse idea than giving it to, sorry, Sean, to the the military. At least those military guys are going to be that's here. That's true. Yeah. Here. Yeah. They earned yeah. it. No, they yeah. didn't. It's not I mean, about them earning it. It's about them having the income, the disposable income to come back and spend. Mm-hmm. School needs revenue. How do you get revenue? Yeah. Yes. Revenue in the future and cheering in the stands is going to come from kids right now if they if you really want mm-hmm. to be honest but none of them have long-term any long-term you know priority is all it's all about what they can do right now to maintain their jobs maintain their pensions and their salaries and mm-hmm. be relatively unscathed when it comes to any kind of controversy i mean that is the game plan when you work at the university mm-hmm. of hawaii or any They'll even make their politics. money and yeah. and, skate, skate and you know the mainland and, and maybe you just have to do these small little investments to getting them involved. You go buy those, you know, 10,000 of those cheap little rubber wristbands. You put the UH logo on them and you let the kids run around in the end zone at the end of their home game. You know, you make it 12 and under or whatever you want at the end. You know, like we talked about after Oregon, how the entire stadium got to go walk on that field, right? Yeah. Just give the kids an end zone, throw a couple footballs on there that have UH logos. And then the kid walks home or goes home with a little wristband on their thing that says UH. And they thought, hey, that was cool. It was on the field of this football game. You know, stuff like that, you know, we have stuff for players to be out in the community. You know, I think there's some stuff where they're reading to kids and stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like every student athlete we see whenever they're out in public, they're wearing some kind of UH gear, which is cool. But yeah, finding those things, you know, I get that they're trying to do stuff with like the blow up stuff at the less and these concerts and all that. But, you know, I, I just small things like that, just having that, you know, more of an access, like, you know, we've talked about, I think that, you know, thousand wristbands, I mean, shoot, I think all three of us could buy that for, you know, kids right now, but finding those little things like that, that just show, Hey, you know, cause what are we protecting on the field? This turf isn't like this amazing, Oh, we can't touch it. You know, it's not like a hockey rink where the ice has to be perfect. Right. Or a basketball court or whatnot. So, you know, find opportunities like that, you know, maybe make it, you know, like volleyball does their autograph sessions at times. And, you know, I know mm-hmm. our, our players after a game are, you know, usually you're, you're not in the mood to be signing stuff or giving stuff away, but yeah, find a way to say, Hey, pull a few players, give them 20, 30 minutes and, you know, just say, Hey, only kids can line up or whatever it is. But, you know, you talk about the future there, that's what it is. You know, I mean, me growing up, all I wanted to do was go to UH and play football for UH, you know, granted that's, you know, we had a lot less, right. With streaming and a lot more, you know, a lot less access to other teams and whatnot, but that's all I wanted to do. You know, I was a kid born and raised here and, and yeah, that was, that was the goal. You know, that was the dream. 
And I think you're right. I mean, we need to implant that dream again once more into the the minds and the hearts of children because yes, like you said, with the amount of access that we have to basically every other FBS program, um, because, and even FCS, I mean, FCS games, especially the playoffs, they're on ESPN, the real ESPN channel. I mean, if you're a good FCS <laughs> team, you're going to be on the actual ESPN more than a lot of mm-hmm. FBS teams. Um, mm-hmm. So that's an obvious place that UH could easily change up. I mean, the fact that you have to pay $70 to watch their game has to be the one day we'll be like, that's got to be the most laughable part of this whole mm-hmm. thing is the fact that it is as bad season. that they are. Even when they're good, though, I mean, ha- even if they were undefeated, justifying $70 a game would be a difficult thing. But to be that bad and then force people to not only cave to give you $70, but also to um, also just get a, into a worse mood after the product they're consuming from your channel. I mean, that is, I don't know, a ripoff or the, a genius way of making money. I don't know. Um and that's the thing is like, even with more people doing pay-per-view, it has no effect on UH. UH does not get money from additional streams. So when people say they're supporting, you're not even, you're supporting Spectrum. You're not supporting no. the team. I thought they got $5 a From where? A where? Where did you hear was, that? Was that? Was that part of it, Ryan? They get $5 a buy? Where did you uh, hear that, Sean? Before no, you, I only, yeah, I'm, wait, before I'm you remembering a, things on the show, make oh. sure you have a thing. <laughs> I'm being I honest. That. Like, where did it come from? I thought I heard that. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, who are. I, I thought, I think, I think, I know I do. That's that's most UH fan base. They think, <laughs> and they don't know. They don't. I remember there was a flat rate. Like, we would get, you know, You get a flat, yeah. We signed for a year, but there's no additional per stream. There's none. And five dollars would be at least something, and that would still be basically mm-hmm. nothing from seventy dollars. And the thing is, that's why you have sponsors. So if we did want to have a sponsor. Maybe if UH wanted to actually do something, they would say something like, "Hey, the next game is going to be sponsored by City Mill Hawaii. City Mill is going to agree to pay." Let's be quite mm-hmm. honest. How many subscriptions do you think those guys are getting? I doubt I no they're one. getting more no than a hundred. I'd be shocked if they're getting more than uh, 200 subscriptions to pay-per-view. And I'm being quite you honest. You think it's that low? I think it's that low. Like, I, I mean, they might get some of the away games. Worth their time? I'm saying, like, the older people would see the away games. But, um, like, if the hardcore fans, the really hardcore ones are going to the home games, they're not going to be watching the home games on TV. So I'm, you're only talking about the people that are watching – the road games probably get more viewership and purchases because they're on the road, but the home games for the people that are home and just watching, mm-hmm. I, I, I doubt is even, that's what I'm saying. Even if we got anything, it would be minimal. So I'd rather have, if, if we had a thousand people at $70, which we wouldn't, mm-hmm. a thousand people said $70,000, mm-hmm. find a sponsor to pay off, Spectrum for 50k, which we wouldn't even have to spend. I bet we could find. I bet that Spectrum would take 10k to reimburse all the people that paid for a game and say like, this game or next year. Wait till next year and say like, this game is sponsored by, whatever. And you can the whole mm-hmm. game can be devoted to them. Every single commercial, every single because I already have commercials. That's the crazy thing about Spectrum. People are doing pay per view. 
but you still watch commercials. When you watch WWE pay-per-view, I don't know. I haven't watched WWE pay-per-view, but before at least, there were no commercials. They just filled it yeah, with something that they would now. show. Now they have commercials. Yeah, they have so, I mean, commercials. these people, they're double dipping already. They're getting mm-hmm. sponsorship money and they're paying people to watch these commercials. That's the whole point of watching commercials is that your free viewership is what's paying for it. Uh, or these commercials, um, because you're, yeah, you're, you're giving eyeballs to these these ads and these these companies that are trying to sell their product. Um, but yes, uh, I think that's going to be something the rest of the year that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mahalo for you know joining us. We said every week, been trying to stay consistent. Uh, Wednesdays get them out by at least Thursday. Uh, but like for myself, I travel a lot. I'm I'm everywhere. Like I was in Albuquerque. I was in LA. I was in SoFi <laughs> Stadium. I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Our game was at 4:30 p.m. We we tailgated. About three hours prior, after the game, I just passed out. I mean, Russ, shout out to our boy Russ Cannon. He's one of the photographers on the field for UH. He drove me home or drove me to my Super 8. Yes, I went super classy for this trip. <laughs> That's how I Ford. Um, and uh, I had to be awake the next day by 4 a.m. to get to wow. my flight, get to L.A. because I had to pick up my my peeps here in L.A. and go to SoFi, but... I'm I'm usually in a daze, um, and it's one of those things where I always have to remind myself to be appreciative of it and reflect because my life zooms by so fast. So what do you want to be hopefully, about? oh, okay, Siri's asking me to remind her, but maybe Siri can remind <laughs> me of some of the great memories. We make so many great memories on the road, and that's what's the most valuable to me, all the places we went. And sometimes I don't get a chance to reflect on it myself as well, so... Uh, come join us, like we said, hisportsfans.com. Check it out. Also leave um, messages with us on Instagram, on um, Facebook, uh, because, you know, you'll see a lot of our crew. You can interact with us in the comments. Um, also just email us, info at hisportsfans.com and send any comments. Uh, we love hearing any feedback that you have. Um, I think we've done a good job of being fair and balanced and especially as fans. And that's hard because we already are skewed to be overly positive. <laughs> that's how we are, you know, not for some people. <laughs> well, I mean, but I think like all of us, we're already skewed that way. Even if we are not, it's because, um, I mean, even if people are deemed to be negative, it's, it's really because they've, invested that time and that energy into the program and expect better. That's really where that's coming from. I mean, there are very few adversaries within the program that call themselves fans. Like, and I think some people feel like, you know, that it feels that way when things aren't going well and everyone's just expecting someone to say something nice and you can't like, that's just, that's just insane. That's Mm -hmm. what we do to children, right? When we want to make things, Mm -hmm. we, we avoid telling them the truth and we lie to, because we think it's, it's not going to hurt anybody, but we keep, we've been lying, I think to ourselves and to the fan base. And as we've lied, we have hurt the fan base because, and hurt because we've lowered expectations every single year across the board, every sport, not just football. I think at UH um, it's amazing. And, and, you know, we don't want to harp on salaries, but those administrators at UH make a lot of money, especially for the fact that we're not every year. The, the, the program as a whole has kind of, taking a step down. I mean, even this year, yeah. and it's, and this is not an offense to Robin Amor or anything, but even that one of our, our strongest programs, I mean, there's a lot of holes in it now. And 
um, it's not going to be easy to just to just fix something like that because a lot of their problems are similar to what the football team is dealing with. NIL money, more trans the transfer portal. So don't get me course, started on men's basketball. And now men's basketball <laughs> starting, obviously. Yeah, I told people before I got on my plane to Albuquerque, well, I, w- I was not at the game, but I was watching it with my parents. I was like, I got to see us lose by 40 to St. Mary's. Right. So, mm. you know, that's just, that's, that's why it's, it's not easy being a fan. But I think if we're able to navigate a path for UH that is sustainable, that is logical, because if we're not going to go for power five riches, which we're out of it now, especially now the pac five, Pac-12 is dead. Um, what are we going to do now? What is the what is the chart to sustainability look like for the rest of existence? Or are yeah. we just going to get rid of the team? And that's the we're, thing. It's like we're putting our resume together to be included in the next thing, and we're not doing a very good job right now. So that's that's the concerning thing. Yeah, I think they're looking, we're at, they're looking at facilities. They're looking at our football mm-hmm. program. They're looking at our basketball program. Sorry, guys, but, you know, men's and women's volleyball doesn't count for much. Well, I, I watched the Pac-12 after dark, which is funny okay. to hear that term for a, <laughs> yeah. a Gen X millennial hearing the two words yeah. after dark could mean something else. But anyways, right. <laughs> Pac-12 after dark, I'm fogged. Rated M. Meant, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> after dark on Fox meant watching yeah. this. Washington versus Arizona State, a one-win Arizona State team. Mm-hmm. And they should have probably been Washington at UW as well. Uh, but the point being, if that's the Pac-12 after dark game, I mean, Hawaii is the Pac-12 after after dark mm-hmm. game. And really, <laughs> we're the only ones in that slot. So it feels like Hawaii, it feels like if we did always, if we hung, hung our hats on that as well, not just the fact that we have a great fan base, like RJ said, but Hang our hats on the fact that we're a beautiful place that a, that is thankfully, you know, four times, three time zones behind the East Coast or five or six time zones behind the East Coast, three behind the West. That gives you a lot of leeway in terms of being the only show on TV, the only game in town. Mm-hmm. And especially with the rise of of gambling and, and sports gambling, Hawaii can position itself as one of those i mean you don't want to always be that team the last the last the last gasp effort to make or lose money um you know for the rest of your your college football gambling day but if uh becomes that team again like okay we always got the hawaii game at least it can (laughs) be something that people still talk about and that will in turn give it relevant kind of like the days of uh fox yeah was it fox sports sports west or Mm -hmm. prime ticket the yep. Jim Leahy days, yeah. yeah, a lot of we got a lot of fans from that. We a tons. lot of exposure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny from that era. Every time I told somebody I went to Hawaii, every time I'd say, "Oh, you guys had a good quarterback." And it's funny they would always say Timmy Chang. Yeah, they would always say even after Colt Brennan, people yep. still the guy before say him. Timmy Chang because <laughs> yeah. that was the era. His era is when UH was on TV probably the most. Yeah, and. Yeah. It's crazy to think that now because where we are, it's so hard to watch UH. But there was mm-hmm. a time when it was easy for everyone to watch UH. And that's that's something that should change by next year. I mean, even if they have to break out of the spectrum contract, they have to figure a way to get rid of the pay-per-view, like right away. I mean, yeah. that, that, that should not be a thing. 
I mean, mm-hmm. and it's probably it's not even that significant a year. Okay. I mean, yes, it is a couple of million dollars. So I'm not saying it's insignificant, but it's not significant like three, in the fact that you could million find, dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, but I mean, saying $3.3 million is something that Hawaii News Now can afford or like these other or another streamer could probably afford or mm-hmm. give you more for. Because I would rather have Apple TV that I can take around that I can easily put on my parents, my grandparents' <laughs> TV. Um then Wayne, Wayne, do we need to give you seven dollars a month for Apple TV? <laughs> no, I have. Well, I have the MLS plan. It came free for all MLS season ticket dollars. But I do. I okay. I'm not on Apple, but at the same time, if MLS and a lot right. of other uh, streamers are going that direction, you know mm-hmm. that I, especially in, as cable is less and less becoming a thing mm-hmm. in the world, um, I think that's a that's a very meager amount of money. Three point three million that money that can be um negotiated recouped somewhere yes yeah. recouped anywhere exactly in a mm-hmm. in a 52 million dollar budget three million dollars represents a very six percent of your mm-hmm. budget so that that can be recouped mm-hmm. in other places especially if you just get a few more fans i don't know to the game mm-hmm. there's your six million so it's a six-year contract you know we could yeah, it was five. I thought it was five after 2020, but like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then schedule uh, an extra body bag game a year or two of yeah, them. Exactly. You know, what did we get from Michigan? 1.9 a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then get it from there. And and you know, there there are some things that Spectrum. It's like, okay, fine. If you want to make this contract, find a way to say, hey, if you're a season ticket holder, you get a discount for you know your house, you know your your residency, and then road games need to be something cheaper or yeah. free that i would have been like okay fine because it forces you to go to the game yeah or you pay for it at home if you each got a you know percentage or a, a per subscription but yeah they you know i i think that madeline said hey let's take the easy deal spectrum has been around since what 2010 or whatever it is with uh and he was like hey here's a flat rate granted you know he signed us in the fall 2020 with covid so we, we had no idea what that was going to be like in the long term um there was nothing still, none, really of us. course not another open negotiation it wasn't something we talked about like hey if, if there was a headline that uh is, is it, it's time for the contract is up again mm-hmm. let's 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 um focus in on what uh is going to think about it but if uh is just going to rubber stamp the same contract mm-hmm. over and over again with no pressure from the media or accountability for it, of course they're going to keep doing the easy way out thing because nobody's holding them accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem with, like, it goes back to when you hold a credential at UH, you're not allowed to say anything critical, mm-hmm. um, which is a ridiculous thing. I mean, for any, nobody should ever force that, but um, that has an effect on Only the after someone's the long been run. fired. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's um, a very UH thing to do. Yeah, so that is very mm-hmm. UH, and hopefully we can. We'll figure it out. This is going to be some a, a dead horse. Hopefully not a complete. We can't even use the dead horse analogy because we don't want the horse to be completely dead. Like uh, this critical conditioned horse that we've been k- kicking around every week. Um, oh, tailgating, tailgating, <laughs> but also just no. I mean, tailgating oh. isn't, but also just the existence of the program. I feel like we we brought that up, and people yeah. think a nauseum, but. I mean, I when you start looking at some of the comments um, from people on Facebook and other things, which I don't think are, don't take them with a grain of salt, I'm just saying, but mm-hmm. you're seeing people that are not 
necessarily fans, but have opinions, strong opinions about whether the program should even exist anymore, especially with, mm-hmm. you know, teacher salaries being low mm-hmm. across the board, K through 12 and at UH. I mean, these are funds for this program and for these coaching staff that are going being pulled from really the same general pool, mm-hmm. which is state funds. So mm-hmm. we're lucky that in Hawaii, we don't have anybody really that has been on their soapbox railing against UH because if we had a politician like that, I mean, I still think they're at fault, especially the legislature, the governors, the Senate, mm-hmm. when it comes to having vision for the stadium as well, because it's a, it's a community based mm-hmm. center. So nothing to do with football. I obviously it has a lot to do with football, but it has nothing to do really from their viewpoint about just football in general, unless you're trying to make a point about division one football being important, which it should still be. Um, but it should be something that everyone is touched by in some way, whether it be the dare program or, you know, a Bruno Mars concert or something that brings them there, you know, any kind of cultural event. So, um, We'll see what where we are in a few years. Hopefully, we're still around. But like we said, come come find us, hisportfans.com. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to this show wherever you get your podcasts. So you can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart. We're on all the platforms. Also at hisportfans.podbean.com. Podbean being our host. And, um, you know, we'll continue to grow our relationship with you folks as well. Please reach out if you have any comments. Um, and please continue to support because like we said, we may be critical, but we're always going to be there and we're always going to keep going full steam ahead for our bows. Uh, but for Sean Ryan, this is Wayne. Talk to you folks next week. Malama Pono. Aloha. Go Bo. Shout out to Martin. Go Bows. So what's so different about Hawaii sports fans? Hey guys, this is Wayne Cueto and that's a question I get asked a lot and it's a fair one. There are a lot of great local companies that will take you on the road, get you game tickets, transportation, airfare, and hotel. Yes, we can do all of that too. But the difference here is an extra layer of detail, an extra layer of personalization, an extra layer of premium amenities and adventure that you can't get anywhere else. Starting with our group size, we usually never go above 24, usually around 12 to 15, and sometimes only two to four even. It doesn't matter. Whatever size, we're going to give you that experience. We're going to give you a foodie adventure. We're going to make every moment count. There's no dead time. And of course, you're always going to be well-fed and always eating very good stuff. I can just guarantee you that. But here at Hawaii Sports Fans as well, we want to make you feel like family always. And that's something that is hard to do for most companies. But we're proud to do it here. We can't wait to have you on the road. Join us at HISportsFans.com. Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com.